for the good singing this morning. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that there is a, a ransom, aren't you? Uh, the Bible said that God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. If you're here today and you're not saved, uh, you are being uh, held kidnapped by the devil. Uh, but thank God the ransom has been paid and, uh, and you can uh, be free today. Uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad for that. There's no way we could have ever paid what was going to have to be paid. Uh, but uh, thank the Lord, He come down and paid it for. And if you're not saved today, the hour's getting late. You ought to you ought to be praying about getting saved. And I tell you, you won't have to pray much about that because it's God's will that all would be saved and uh, and come uh, to Him. Luke 23 this morning, please. Luke 23, and we're going to begin reading uh, verse 33. Read down uh, to verse 43 this morning, and uh, page 1110 uh, in your Schofield Bible. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 23. We're going to Calvary this morning. Carl Nelson used to tell about a fellow got to take a trip over to Israel. Actually, it's a pastor the church made up and sent him over there, and they made a lot of slides back then. And uh, so he got back and set up a date, and uh, he was going to uh, show the slides of where he went over there to Israel. And uh, everybody gathered in the church there, and uh, he began to show them all the different sites of of uh, Israel, all the different things one might see if they were to go on that trip. Uh, but there was one old man kept sitting in the back. He kept saying, show us Calvary, preacher. Show us Calvary. And uh, that's what we need to see. Amen. Amen. Calvary. Luke chapter 23, verse number 33, And when they had come to the place which is called Calvary, you can circle that word, uh, and they were crucified to him, and the malefactors, one with the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be king of the Jews, save thyself. And a subscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered, rebuked him, saying, Doest not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me 
in paradise. Thank you. you. May be seated. Our Father, we ask you to add your blessings today to the Word of God. In Christ's name, Amen. It's been said things happen in threes. I've heard that all my life, and uh, after I've got older, I've experienced uh, there is a, a certain amount of truth to that. Uh, seem like things happen in threes. That's why I could never be a Jesus only. Uh, someone wrote me a big letter. Well, the forward and ad, the return address was Jesus, but I don't think Jesus sent it. Uh, but they wrote me a big, long, three or four page letter on why uh, that uh, we needed to be Jesus only. But God always did things in threes. And uh, God made man body, soul, and spirit. God chose to reveal uh, Himself in uh, three persons even though there's one God. Someone said if you don't believe in the Trinity, you'll, you'll, you'll lose your soul. And if you, if you try to figure it out, you'll lose your mind. A lot, a lot of truth to that. Amen. You can't figure it out. Just believe it. But when we come to the place called Calvary, we find not one cross there, but we find three crosses there. Used to be a bluegrass group come around here years ago up the old building, and they'd sing a song, Three Men on the Mountain up on Calvary. The man in the middle is Jesus. He died for you and me. Let's look at the story uh, here that we've read this morning on these three crosses upon Calvary. It's not anything new. Uh, it's just a truth that needs to be uh, preached again and again and again. But there were three crosses upon Calvary. Uh, I think probably the one on the left, the Bible doesn't say. That's just my thinking. But I think that cross on the left could be labeled the cross of rebellion. The Bible said in verse 39, And one of the malefactors which hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Well, we've all hung on that cross of rebellion. Uh, we've all, uh, we were all born with rebellion down in our heart. Uh, we get it from the devil. He was the ringleader. There is a close tie to rebellion and the devil. Samuel said that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And uh, in other words, when we rebel against God, uh, we rebel against God's ways, uh, uh, we're doing the same thing the devil did. He rebelled against God. Oh, that rebellion's not something we pick up as we go on through life. I know over in Genesis 14, I think it is, when Abraham went down to get Lot, and the Bible said in the 13th year they rebelled. And uh, we, uh, we a lot of times pick that out. And we say, well, these young people, when they get about 13 years old, they start to rebel. But they start a lot quicker than that. Uh, the Bible says that uh, rebellion is something we're born with. We're, uh, we're born. We, we start out rebelling against uh, God and rebelling against the things that are right. Proverbs 22.15 said, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. You say, what is that foolishness? Well, uh, that's wrong. Wish is wrong. Reaction. 
selfishness, jealousy, bitterness, uh, all this is born in us when we come into this world. You don't have to spend five minutes teaching your children how to steal, how to lie, uh, how to say words they shouldn't say. Uh, uh, that comes automatically, friend. Uh, uh, but what you got to teach them is you got to teach them how to not do those things. Uh, uh, you see, the Bible said rebellion is bound up in the heart of a child. Uh, that murmuring, uh, uh, that murmuring from a child that uh, you know ain't even got into school yet, and that. Uh, saying, I, I don't want to, or I hate you, or I don't want that, or I'm not going to do that. Uh, uh, that's that rebellion that's born in the heart of a child the Bible talks about. Uh, it calls it foolishness. Uh, uh, the Bible does. Uh, uh, but the meaning's all the same. It's rebellion uh, uh, that's bound up in the heart of a child. Uh, now, the Bible said this. This is why we got so many rebellious our young people in our kind of a day, the Bible says that that rebellion in the heart of a child, uh, uh, God says that it needs to be corrected. The Bible said, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. Uh, that's all the same verse. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. Uh, the Bible doesn't say you can talk it out of them. The Bible doesn't say you can set them in a corner so long and it'll leave them. No, sir. Uh, if you believe the Bible, the Bible said the rod, correction, uh, will drive it far from them. Uh, and uh, back several years ago, uh, you know, we got to, our government got to where they'd almost put you in jail for whipping your own child uh, and correcting your own child. Uh, uh, now, I'm not for child abuse. Uh, I, I think it needs to be done in the right way. And no parent has ever looked forward to punishing their child. Uh, it's something you don't want to do. Uh, but it's something that has to be done. And the reason we got all we got going on all around us now uh, is because there's been several generations that didn't believe in correcting their children uh, and now we're reaping the results of that. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, the Bible says that rebellion, it starts early in our life. Uh, it started earlier in this life of this man. I don't know much about him. The Bible don't tell me much. Uh, uh, maybe he didn't have a good raising. Maybe he didn't have a good mother and father. Uh, maybe he didn't get them corrections that uh, the Bible said he needed. I, I don't know about his past. Everything's speculation. And I know that you can raise your kids right. You can, you can correct them every time they need correcting uh, and they'll still turn out a rebel. Uh, I, I know that's possible. But I want to say this uh, this morning uh, uh, that if you'll take them to church, uh, if you'll introduce them to the Bible, if you'll tell them about the things of God, uh, uh, if you'll let them hang around preaching, uh, uh, if you'll get them to Bible schools and camp meetings and, uh, and uh, vacation Bible school and children's camps, uh, uh, they may still go astray, uh, uh, but you have way up the odds uh, uh, that they won't do it. Amen. Uh, I, I don't know if this man, I don't know if he had that or not. I don't know. Uh, I know this. Uh, uh, he's lived his life. The Bible said he's a malefactor. Uh, the Bible tells us what kind of person he is. Uh, and uh, there he is hanging on the cross. Uh, and here's the thing about it, you see. Uh, 
Uh, here this man is. Uh, uh, he's at the point to die, uh, but he still is rebelling against God. Uh, still rebelling against God. We could hang half the world on that cross. Rebellion against God. The consequences of no correction. The consequences of letting a child go on his own. Somebody told me years ago, they said, I'm not trying to influence my child to go to church or to be a, a Christian or to believe in Jesus. said, I want, them, I want them to come to that on their own. I said, friend, uh, if you don't influence them to be a Christian, the devil and the world will influence them not to be one. Uh, amen. A child needs some influences. Uh, uh, just like a little tree planted out in your backyard. Uh, it may be bent this way. It needs a little help. Uh, uh, it needs a string put on it and pull it over in the right direction. Uh, that's what church does. Church pulls that child in the right direction. Uh, uh, church helps them to get going uh, uh, straight. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, the consequences are startling when we look at this man. Uh, oh, what's our world become? The devil's in Walmart. You say, what do you mean? Six killed in Walmart this week. Employees. Uh, Bill Grady sent me a video of, of, of some people Thanksgiving morning breaking into a Walmart, carrying out uh, I forgot how many thousands of dollars worth of stuff. They just all rushed in grabbing TVs and VCRs and, and anything else they wanted. You say, what is that? That's man in rebellion. Uh, uh, that's the devil in Walmart. You say, why? The devil come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Uh, that's what's going on in the world today. You know, them, them rebellious ones. There he is. The Bible says that if you live a child to his own ways, the consequences will be startling. You say, what do you mean? Well, they'll, they'll build within them a character, a character that men despise. You don't even want to be around them because of the character that they have. And they'll build a character that God hates. Amen. You see, this man's hanging on the cross. And the embittering of, of his life and the run of the one to come, it's all bound up in rebellion. Hanging there on the cross by Jesus. Dying. And he's rebelling against God. There's a cross of rebellion. I could hang some of you on it this morning. Because that's where you're at. You hadn't got saved. You hadn't, you hadn't responded to the sweet influences of heaven. You have not obeyed the Word of God. And every time God comes to you, that rebellion wells up in your heart. You say, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. You're rebelling against God. Neighbor, you'll, you'll die and go to hell like that man did. If you stay in that kind of shape, there is that cross of rebellion. Oh, I, I see it every day. I see it. I, I hear it coming from children. I see it in the lives of grown men that they are 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 just in a 
deep rebellion against God. They don't love God. They don't love their mama. They don't love their daddy. They don't love their society. They don't love anybody. Uh, They've reached a place of embittered rebellion down in their hearts this morning. There is the cross of rebellion. But Luke 23, 40 said, But the other rebuked him, saying, Doest thou not fear God? Say out in the same condemnation. There was two crosses of rebellion. When you go back and read the story, the Bible said that both of those thieves cast the same lot in their teeth. They both said the same things. But I'm glad to tell you this morning you can change crosses. Amen. You may be on the cross of rebellion, but you can change and go to the cross of repentance. Amen. Amen. Three crosses on that hill. One of them is a cross of rebellion. And the other one, thank God, is a cross of repentance. That's good news, neighbor. Don't this sound good to you in Acts 11, 18? Then hath God also granted to the Gentiles, that's you and me, anybody that's not a Jew, the Bible said that God had also granted to the Gentiles repentance unto life. You glad God can give us a chance? God can give these two old boys a chance. You say, what do you mean? He put the mediator right between them. We just read there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Mark Ruby, preacher from Homer Hensley's church, preaching up at Brother Duncan's camp meeting and uh, preaching along these lines, and, and uh, he, made a, he made a profound statement. He said, if you had to die, he said, nobody wants to die. But he said, if you had to die, how much better could you have it than to be dying beside of Jesus? I'll be dying the same day Jesus is dying. To have Him right near you within arm's reach. You couldn't ask for anything better. Amen. Yeah, both of them, both of them had the same lifestyle, so to speak. The Bible said there were malefactors, thieves, possible murders. There you are. You know, over Jesus' head, over Jesus' head, it said in them three different languages, King of the Jews. But no doubt, there was not only a sign over Jesus' head. No doubt, back in those days, they would... They would nail whatever the person was. They'd nail it above them. Adulterer, murderer, thief, whatever they were, they'd nail it above them. And no doubt above their head, it said murderers or malicious people or blasphemers. I don't know what it said. But there was upon their head. I read years ago over them, Chinese prisons and communist prisons uh, uh, that when you go in there uh, uh, you got to wear you got to wear a sign around you it tells what you did uh, I was a child molester uh, I was a murderer I was an adulterer uh, I, I was a blasphemer you got to wear it all time uh, aren't you glad God don't hang around us what we were amen He just hangs one label on all of us sinners. We were all sinners. You say, I wasn't no sinner. If you ever sinned, that makes you a sinner. 
And there ain't nobody in here that ain't sin. If you say you do, that makes you a liar, which therefore makes you a sinner. Because the Bible said that all men have sinned come short of the glory of God. But here this one is. And during the course of that day, during the course of that day, He changes. He goes from the cross of rebellion to the cross of repentance. What happened? What happened? Well, I don't know. I know sometimes the worst scenario makes people change crosses. You say, what do you mean? Well, you couldn't have it much worse than this man's got it. He's already been condemned to die. He's already been crucified and hanging on a cross. And death is just breaths away from him. It couldn't be any worse. I've seen men I couldn't do nothing with in their homes and out in the community and even down at the church. But when the hour of death came, and I went out to the hospital to see them. And they're in the worst scenario. The doctor said it's over. No hope. Nothing else we can do. And lo and behold, you go in there. And, and not all times. Some people, the rebellion is so deep that even minutes away from death, they still rebel against God. That blows my mind. I've been in that situation many times. I'm sure many of you door knockers and soul winners have. I've been in that situation many times. A man dying, a man with no hope, a man minutes away from hell. He says, not today, preacher, I'm not interested. You know what a lot of that is? A lot of that comes from the habit over the years. I think it was George Truett told about going to see a man he had tried to win to the Lord his whole ministry. And he said he'd always have the same answer when they'd come down to, uh, to the end of the conversation about getting saved. And he said that the man would always say, uh, not today, maybe tomorrow. Said he went to see him in the hospital. He's dying. The doctors have said there's no hope. It's over. He won't make it through the day. And he went to the hospital to see him. And he said, he said, Tom, you know you need to get saved. And he said, before he even got the whole word saved out, he said, not today, preacher, maybe tomorrow. You know what he had done? He, he had memorized that in his mind. Did you know that you can, and, and you all do this, I promise you do. You all are around situations over and over and over again. And you give the same answer every time you get in that situation. It comes automatic. And people come to church and, and for years and years and years the mercy of God grants them a chance to come and be saved. But they say the same thing because they've always said it. They say not today. Why don't you change what you say today? Why don't you change crosses today? Go from that cross of rebellion to that cross of repentance. Sometimes the worst scenario will make people realize, man, I'm, my time's running out. I better be doing something. Maybe that happened. Maybe it was uh, the Word spoken. Sometimes the Word of God 
Sometimes the Lord, or just like He did Lydia, He'll open up their heart and let that Word go in that's normally went by. They'll have some ears to hear that morning that they haven't had before. Can't explain it all. It's all in the, in the hands of God. But maybe that thief hanging there, listening to his buddy, saying the same things his buddy was saying, rebelling against God. Maybe he saw them bring this middle man up. Maybe he was standing there when they brought him up and he wasn't fighting and pulling and trying to get away. But he just laid his life down. you never seen nobody react like that before. Maybe, maybe it had something to do when they, when they lifted that middle man up and they dropped it in the hole with a thud and his body went limp. And in a few minutes he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what to do. Maybe, maybe it was seeing divine love and hearing divine words of God. Maybe that's what caused him to change his mind. I, I wish you'd hear a divine word from God today that would make you go uh, from that cross of rebellion to that cross of repentance. Maybe it was the words. That's why we have to witness. Sometimes it's a word that we might speak. I know it seemed like it just about all time in my, my witnessing. It seemed like when I think I've done nothing. That's when uh, weeks later, maybe days later, at the call to come, somebody's got saved. And I didn't think I did anything. I actually thought I made a, made a mess. And those times when I think I've done the best, seems like not much ever comes of it. I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe God wants us to know it ain't us, it's Him. But we need to keep talking to people and telling people what Jesus means to us this morning what the Lord's done to us. Most of us have been so far removed from back there, we forgot how it was back there. We forgot how it was to hear uh, four-letter cuss words fill the home and the, and the car as we went down the road. We forgot about that. We forgot how it was to open the refrigerator door and to see the beer in there or open the cabinet door and see the, uh, the whiskey on the shelf we forgot how it was. We forgot how it was to tell them old filthy, dirty jokes and practice telling them and getting them more dirtier because the dirtier you got them, the funnier they were. We forgot about it. So far removed from back there. We need to remember that. You say, why? That old center boy, girl, they need, to, they need to hear what God did for you. They need to, they need to hear the, uh, the words of that old song, Thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man I used to be. I'm glad God saved me early and I'm glad God got me back to the cross as about a 24-year-old man. I'm glad you say, why? A lot of the things I did, my boys never saw. A lot of things I said, they never heard. But I said them just the same. You look at me up here every Sunday. 
And you don't see, you see where I am, you don't see where I come from. And sometimes it just, it just helps folks to know what God did for you. Sometimes a 10, 11 year old kid needs to hear you got saved when you was 10, 11 year old. I go to meetings sometimes and some preachers well-meaning to get up and because they thought they got saved when they was 10 or 11 and they didn't, they got saved later on at 23, they want to throw everybody in that bus. And I know that happens. But there is some folks that thought they got saved when they was 10 and they did get saved. Don't throw everybody in that hole. Amen? They need to know where you come from. They need to know, hey, you know what we don't do? We don't do what Jesus told that uh, maniac of Gadara to do. We don't go and tell our friends what great things the Lord had done. Amen. You see, the worst scenario sometimes causes people to see the light. And say, I need to get off this cross of rebellion and get on that cross of repentance. Sometimes uh, the Word of God or a word spoken touches the heart, causes them to change. I have a, a book at home that's up there in my office. It's, it's not a Christian book really, but uh, I bought it years ago. And the name of the book is My Shadows Ran Fast by a man named Bill Sands. And sometimes I just like to read, you know, other books. And, and I read that book and Bill Sands wound up in San Quentin prison at 21 years of age doing life. And he was down, he was down in a place they call the hole. He'd been there for days. And the warden of that prison was a warden by the name of Warden Duffy. He was a big Irish man Blonde head, blonde hair, blue eyes. One day he went down, he asked to go down to see where Bill was, where Bill Sands. He wanted to go see him. He's on death row. He went down and he walked in. They let him in. They said, Warden Duffy's here to see you. And he began to curse the warden and say everything that I couldn't say here. He began to say to that warden, and Warden Duffy, Warden Duffy just stood there. But Bill Sands said in his own words, he said when the warden started to leave, said the last thing he said is, yeah, I'm no good. I'm going to hell. Who cares? He said Warden Duffy turned around. There was a tear running down his face. And he said, I do, Bill. I do. He said it was like an arrow that went into his soul. I don't have time to go into all the rest of the story, how God got him out, how God changed his life. But it all came about of a word spoken at the right time. It changed. You know, it has to do with the will. The Bible says in John 1.13, which was born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but God, listen, it has, it had not God been willing, we could have never willed. You see, God's not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. 
God hadn't willed for us to be saved, we couldn't have willed it. We couldn't have willed it because of our flesh, because of our bloodline, because we just wanted to. It couldn't happen unless God had already willed it. God's will this morning that you can be saved by the grace of God this morning. That's why the Lord's got you here. You say, I come because mom and daddy asked me to come. I came because neighbor asked me to come. I came on my own will this morning. No, there is an unseen hand above. There is a a drawing. You've heard Brother Epps tell about being in that dope house on Sunday morning. He said, I don't know why I did. I got up and I said, I'm going to church. You got saved. You can't explain it all. But there's a, there's a God in heaven that desires you to be saved. He don't want you to go to hell this morning. You see, there's that cross of rebellion We've all been on it. But we can change over, thank God, to that cross of repentance. But none of that would be possible were it not for the cross of redemption. Luke 23, 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified Him. Amen. little old church I pastored, the first first church I ever pastored, had an old song leader named Luther Ferkins. His wife's name was Alice. Dear, sweet people. And uh, Brother Luke, he'd come in on Wednesday night. We didn't have a handful. Uh, I mean, even a smaller hand than what we got now. But old Luke and Alice had come in. I'd say, how's it been going, Luke? He'd say, oh, I've had a bad day. He'd say, let's thing I'll meet you in the morning and go home. But old Luke, he's been gone a long time, Miss Alice. About all those people I pastored, they're all gone. They've all crossed over. But old Luke, he used to come and he'd sing, Just suppose... God searched through heaven. He could not find one willing to be the supreme sacrifice that was needed to buy eternal life for you and me. Had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary, had it not been for an old rugged cross, had it not been for a man they called Jesus, then forever my soul would be lost. But I'm so glad He was willing to take that bitter cup. Although he prayed, Father, let it pass away. And I'm so glad he didn't call on heaven's angels. Please from these hands pull the nails that torment me. 
Had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary, had it not been for the old rugged cross, had it not been for a man they called Jesus, then forever my soul would be lost. Ain't it true? Ain't it true? Ain't it true? Ain't it true? I thank God for a place called Calvary. Hallelujah. I'm not the man I used to be. Thank God things are different now. Amen. Oh, praise God. For Jesus, He died on that old rugged cross. That middle cross, look at it. Get your eyes on it. Uh, take your eyes off of that cross of rebellion. Take your eyes off of that that cross of repentance and get your eyes on that middle cross of Jesus dying on the cross for all sinners. Look at His person. And the Bible said there, verse 33, they crucified Him. You see, that's what made the difference, neighbor. Either thief on either side being crucified wouldn't change nothing for you and my eternity. But the Bible said they crucified Him. You say, who's Him? He's the sent one. He's the willing one. He's the perfect one. He's the prophesied one. He's the one that paid. He's the one that was willing to come. He's the powerful one. Amen. Thank God they crucified Him. He's the one that purchased us if we've been purchased. Amen. He's the one with perfect blood. He purchased the church with it. He's the one that the Bible said Christ loved the church and He gave Himself for it. That's love, neighbor. I like that song, If That Ain't Love, The Ocean's Dry. Amen. If that ain't love, I'm telling you, greater love hath no man than this, uh, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Uh, we wasn't even friends. We were enemies. Uh, he laid down his life for us. Boy, somebody dies for you. They can't, that's, they can't show nothing no greater than that, can they? Give their life. Can't do nothing no greater than that. You say, I'd give my life for my child. I believe that. But that's your child. He gave His life for the likes of all of us. Amen. I think about His power. Not only the person that crucified Him, but He said, Father, forgive them. You see, He has the power. I can't forgive you. The Pope can't forgive you. Even though he says he can, he can't do it, I can't do it, nobody can do it but God. David said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. Jesus has got the power. When you come to Him, they didn't even come to Him. The Bible said there there was a time that God winked at that ignorance. 
But now, He commands all men to repent. He does ask you to come, neighbor. He does ask you to come. And if you'll come, He has the power to cancel out all debt. He has the power to cancel out all sin. I think of my past life, like I mentioned this morning, the devil brings it up every day of my life, but God don't even know what I'm talking about. Amen. He forgive it. He's forgotten it. Oh, thank God for that cross of redemption this morning. Not only his person, they crucified him. His power, Father, forgive them. But his promise, today, thou shalt be with me. Amen. Imagine that. God put salvation on a hill before the whole world. God hung it out. This thing wasn't done in a corner. It was done on a hill. The whole world knows about it. People go over there and tell where it happened. People read about it. Songs have been wrote about it. It's no secret, neighbor. Christ died for all. He gave a promise. Today, thou shalt be with me. You know, I might make you a promise. I try not to make promises too much. I usually say I'll try to. Sometimes preachers say, Preacher, will you promise me this? Will you promise me this? I say, well, I'll do my best, but I can't promise you. Because I don't know what might happen. I I don't know what how I'd falter. I, I, do, I would, but I just don't have the power. I just don't have the power to tell you what I'm going to do a month from now. Because I don't even know if I'm going to be here a month from now. But Jesus has the power. What He says He can do. A few of you remember, y'all remember old Ray Wells used to come to church here? Oh, Ray, he never missed. He come Sunday morning, Sunday night. Didn't profess to be saved. And every time I'd talk to Ray, Ray had all, somebody had done him wrong. Some man had lied to him somewhere down life's way. And he never got over that. And Ray would always end our conversation. He'd say, well, a man's, a man's only as good as his word. He lied to me. He lied to me. Well, the last conversations we had, I don't know if Ray got saved or not, but I know the last conversation we had, I said, Ray, you're all about a man, a man's word. You're all about a man being only good as his word. I said, I'm telling you about a man that's word's good. Amen. I said, I'm telling you about a man that never lied, couldn't lie. I'm telling you about a man that if he'll give you his word on it, you can count on it, he'll do it. That's what I'm counting on. I sure ain't counting on this Baptist church. I sure ain't counting on my, my life. My giving, my preaching, I ain't counting on none of that. I'm counting on what I heard that Sunday morning at 10 years old, the preacher somewhere along the way said, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. 
Christ died for you. He loves you. He'll forgive you. I latched on to that. I went from the cross of rebellion at 10 years old over to the cross of repentance. A word changed me. A word changed me that the preacher said, God's Word. And I'm telling you this morning, there's three crosses on that hill. We're only showing one here. Because that's the preeminent one. That's the one that counts. That's the one that matters. That's the one it all hangs on, if you will. But if you're on that cross of rebellion this morning, I hope that Word gets into your heart today. I, I pray you're not in the worst scenario, but I don't really know of any worse scenario you could be in right now in the kind of world we're living in is to be here lost. I really don't know of any worse scenario than that. Fellows dying with cancer, and I'm, I'm done. But a fellow's dying with cancer. And they said, Preacher, he's got cancer. It's all over him. He said, He's dying the worst death. I said, No, he ain't dying the worst death. I said, He's saved. I said, The worst death is to die with cancer or whatever and be lost. That's the worst. You could get saved this morning and never have to worry about that. Father, I thank You this morning. Thank You, 